But how are you a Minnesota fan and you from California, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in California. What part of California are you from? Uh, Orange County. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, born and raised. So it's crazy. Everyone asks, how are you from California, a Vikings fan? It's because my dad was actually a fan. During the time, there's an era, um, I believe in the 70s, the Purple People Eaters, they were... Uh, the real ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the like, defensive linemen and all that. So that's what attracted to him. So I decided, I was a fan since birth. I was born into it. And ever since then, I just stayed bleeding that purple and gold. Hey, and you be rocking it. You actually, um, you just told me earlier that you were part of a fan club. I didn't know you were a part of one. I just knew that you moved like you was a part of one. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm part of two. One out here in Southern California. And then the other one is up in Minnesota, uh, Viking World Order. Mm -hmm. So yeah, out there, that one, that one's actually crazy because they're from all over the world. It ain't just one specific area. So I've met like so many different people out there and stuff. I like that you mix your passion for football and intertwined it with your passion for music, and you even have tracks going out for your team, right? Every right. time it's motivation, every time it's football season, you either dropping a dish, a disc freestyle, or you dropping a team support, a uh, freestyle in support of your team. I fucks with that. Yeah, no, what was it? I started two years ago. Actually, um, I came. My cousin Gennaro gave me the idea. He's like, "Dude, we have an artist for the Miami Dolphins that does this." He goes, "You should be doing it." And so I went to a, like, it was a picnic gathering that the Dolphins had out here in San Bernardino. Mm -hmm. And that artist actually showed up, Solo D. And so um, I was just chopping it up with him. He's like, dude, you should do it for the Vikings. Vikings don't have one. And I guess his whole plan was he wants every team to have one. And then, like, when they play each other, like, almost like battle or do a track together back and forth. That would be dope. So, like, but he's been doing it for a long time. Like, he gets his stuff played in uh, Dolphin Stadium. Uh, Heat Stadium, the Marlins, and and the uh, Hurricanes, the college. So I haven't gotten that level yet, but that that's my goal. So every season I just keep doing it and keep pushing, uh, sending them to the players, just knocking on all these doors. Hopefully one gets answered. I'm pretty sure to make it. How long have you been doing music? Because I know that we, my wife and I, we did our, we did. She actually came up with the event to come up with this event to uh, as a free platform. I used to tell her, no, we're not doing shit for free. And she's like, no, nah, we're going to do this free platform event where we just I that. tell you artists. You like, the, the, tell the artists. coordinator there. She was like, you can do it for $5. <laughs> I'm like, why? The point is to like get people in here. And like, I'm like, why do you care? You get more people in here, they're going to buy your stuff. Like, you're not. She's like, but aren't you guys going to get anything? I'm like, yeah. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I actually like, I agree with the concept. It was very good. She was smart with that one. And it actually came out to be a, turn, a great turnout. Yeah. But besides that, the point was to have confident, confident people, people that's willing to actually perform for themselves and for the crowd and tell their, their fan bases to come out. And you did one. First, I want to talk about BB. This was this eight-year-old kid. He chose. BB He chose to do his his video as jumping out of a freezer in a liquor store. <laughs> I was like, this kid ain't playing. Yeah, I remember that video. <laughs> and then you came with your video and I was like what the fuck me a hip hop fanatic growing up under hip hop you know in OC I hear a lot of rock bands and you know punk and all that yeah. so I'm accustomed to hearing different styles of music you being from OC I did not expect to hear a bass sound yeah. like your music makes you want to get hyphy when your beats drop I didn't fucking want to Grab a gun. I wanted to <laughs> grab my collar and pop that motherfucker. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. And it's crazy because I've always been into music. But uh, one of my favorite artists growing up as a kid was E-40. 
So I've been listening to him forever. And then when the hyphy movement started, actually, what was it? I forgot what year, but my cousin and actually my homie Trip over here took me to TJ. Mm -hmm. So I went to TJ for the first time. And all of a sudden, I see all these people like throwing their fizz face, getting hyphy and all this stuff. Talking about Mac Dre, I'm like, dude, what is this? Is it TJ? Yeah, yeah. Damn. They're, they're playing, uh, was it Get Stupid by Mac Dre? And like, everybody knew how to dance to it and everything. I'm like, dude, what is this shit? That's crazy. So, like, I went and looked it up. And then after that, I was just hooked. Like, everybody. How do you look that up? Look up what? Like that? How do you just like oh, I mean, people dancing in TJ? Oh, no, I looked, up Mac, I looked up Mac Dre. So, I looked up Mac Dre, and from there, his like YouTube videos and everything. Seen his videos on YouTube. He even had uh, DVDs, Trill TV. Cop some of those. And, like, just got more into looking into more Bay Area artists and whatnot. Long live the king of the Bay Mac Dre. Yeah. So that like, was fucked. So that shit got me heavy into it. So was this before or after you started doing music? Because that was the original question. When did you start doing music? Because we met you at about 2019. So, so I've been doing music for about 10 years or so. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I've been doing And that was... That was actually before I started doing music, I believe, because the, originally I started off as a DJ. So, like, in high school, we had to do, like, a senior project, whatnot, and learn something new. So my project was to uh, learn how to DJ, because I have two cousins that were DJs, and so, like, I'm like, I want to try it out. So I got, like, the techniques, the, the vinyl, all that. Damn, so, you went into real DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was this? This was, like, 2000. 10, 11? Okay, that was before these little digi boards was actually a thing. When you wanted to be a DJ and you decided to be a DJ back then, you was actually going, yeah. Well, it was because my, my cousin, too, he was like, don't be doing this, like, laptop shit. He goes, if you're going to learn the DJ, learn, like, from the original. So, yeah, I went out and got, like, said, the techniques on the vinyl and all that. I would go record shopping, hit up Amoebas and all that. That's what's up. So, I started off doing that. I was doing parties for a while. And um, did that for a few, a couple, two to three years or so. And one day I fucked up. I went and did a party. And uh, afterwards, we went to go get something to eat. And like, like I said, I wasn't even thinking. I was just comfortable. Went to get something to eat. And then we come back out. And we're taking off. And I was like, why is there like a breeze in the van? They busted the windows and took all my shit. Damn. They took, they took my turntables. They took my records, the mixer, everything. Like, yeah. I even connected it That's to, like, fucked up. What city was this in? San Bernardino. Westminster. Oh. Uh, what? I went and got fucked. I went and got fucked. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Westminster's Orange County. <laughs> Shit. And I was like, fuck, no way this happened. I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why would I even, like, like I said, I just got comfortable and, like, wasn't thinking. And so, yeah, so after that, I was like, damn, what the hell am I going to do? I'm like, I can't, like, really... Go out and get another pair of turntable speakers and all that. Like, this shit's expensive. Yes. When you said that, I was like, damn, like, that's like $5,000 gone. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I didn't, I like said, I was just like, I was hitting up parties and stuff, trying to see maybe I could see some of my equipment, trying to get that shit back. But um, at that time, I was hanging out with. You were riding around party to party, like. No, for real. That turntable looks familiar. <laughs> no, like, we were, I had one of those one time, was like, dude, I think this is your turntable. It was a party, like, behind them. He's over peeking over, and so we jumped over the fence, like, to look. I'm like, nah, those aren't mine. <laughs> but for a good, I want to say two, three months, I was hopping around different parties to see maybe my stuff was out there, but no luck. 
So what was your DJ name? Was it Big DJ Mo Cool? No, it was just DJ Big Mo. Oh, shit. So you added the cool afterwards? Yeah, I did the cool after because cool stands for County of Orange. That's what's up. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, because we were going to start. I really just thought it was like, you know, Big Mo Cool. Me too. He's cool. And that's, <laughs> that's funny that you guys said like that because there's some people who be like, uh, like Mexican, they're like big, or they'll be like big moco. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So I always thought, like, I wonder how people really see it as, because I've gotten both, but hearing you guys, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one right there, big moco. Hey, big, that should be your DJ name. <laughs> yeah, so, but I just kept it like that, just because, too, like, everywhere the handle big mo's taken, so something creative. Now, Big Mo Cool is good. Like, that's distinctive. Yeah, yeah. I like that shit. So, yeah. So, then, during, what was it? After that time, that's when my boy Trip had been rapping. And so, he had hit me up. He was like, he'd, I guess he had hit up a bunch of our other friends and a couple of my cousins and asked them to go to the studio, but they never took him up on it. He asked me. I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to the studio. So, um, he gave me the beat. Uh, he actually helped me write it and stuff, too, just because, like, I had never been... I didn't even know how to read music at that time, or like the re- to the rap on beat and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, we went to the studio. I don't even remember what the song was called. I think it was called Yellow Bus Hyphy Bus or something like that. Yeah, Yellow Bus Hyphy by um, Kick the Snake. Or was it by Mr. FAB? No, 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 this was the track we were doing. It was, we called it like Yellow Bus Hyphy I forgot the name of it. But the point is, I went to the studio and Wait, then, pause. My question is, in the midst of making this track, did you guys at least pop at this? Uh, yeah. Thank you. No, actually not during the track, but like during that time. Okay. Yeah, we used to like... It's like you got inspiration and then you got on the track. That's, that's my... As long as it was in the midst and you wasn't just wondering what this Thiz was No, I don't, I don't even think I could have... Uh, could have recorded on this. Maybe I could have, because there was a couple of times my boy was like, dude, you spit the sickest freestyles when you're on that? But I couldn't tell you what I said. <laughs> but now th- this, I probably should have for this first time in the studio, because I was so nervous and shit. I was going in there, offbeat. Um, I had to keep doing retakes, retakes. and like, I was like, damn, this is embarrassing. But uh, finally I got it all out. It took a while, but after that, like I was hooked. Made me go out and practice more. I remember what was it? One day I was listening to uh, a beat and I hit on my boy. I'm like, damn, dude. I'm like, I just figured out how to rap on beat finally. <laughs> like, I get what you meant. <laughs> and I don't even know why I couldn't figure it out because it's kind of like with DJing. You got to know, the, hear the beat to mix it into the next track. So I'm like, why didn't I correlate those together? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think I was just thinking too much, to be honest. It's a lot of artists that's been in this game 10 years right now and today that still don't understand the, the gist of actually getting on beat or finding that pocket yeah they just be like i'm just gonna say this shit yeah yeah like if blue faces it was a lot of blue faces before blue faces was popular <laughs> so i said man if i would have just put out that track like that without even doing it on beat i was on to something <laughs> yeah, yeah he was on to something yeah but i heard that um the best music was made off ecstasy you know, I heard Ja Rule, most of his hits was done on ecstasy calm down he's over here just saying that shit because um what's his name you're sounding like, what's his name now? I'm sounding like the person. He's, yeah, why am I fucking He just up? sat here and said it. He said, I probably should have did it, though. Man, because. I love ecstasy. <laughs> I used to love ecstasy. I used to do ecstasy all the time. <laughs> I don't do that no more. But yeah, man, 
Ecstasy is the best. No, <laughs> that is not us. We are not plugging ecstasy. Ecstasy is not the best. We are. <laughs> who do you know who said are, that though? Well, like, we are doing, like. no, we're gonna plug. We're gonna plug in our sponsors right here. Shout out to our sponsors, Mr. Bucks Liquor, that always keep us nice with our good old champagne. Speaking of that, I need the top part of your saying, cup. Keep going down that route. I'm like, no, I mean, did you try ecstasy? Were you on ecstasy while you were recording? Have you ever recorded while you were? On <laughs> was it purple or was it yellow? I heard yellow gets you mellow. Dude, there are so many different colors. They even had like figurines, Bart Simpson. You had all this shit. But like, honestly, when I'm so inexperienced. I've never done that, so I really have. Nah, I wouldn't even like mess with that shit. Tell me anymore. about this Bart Simpson. That was one one day we were bored, so we went to. Honestly, it was crazy because we were bored. It was me and like Trip and like two other homies, and we just thought let's go take this and walk down Hollywood Boulevard. So. We thought like, oh, it's just a little one. Like, it's not going to be nothing crazy. We took it's that little insane. one. It was like probably around 9 or 10 o'clock. I was fucked up till the next day, like 10 a.m. <laughs> but like, we were walking through Hollywood Boulevard. And then, you know how they show those like underground clubs in the movies? And like, hey, come in, like pay this much. And like, they literally sneak you down somewhere. I don't know how we came up on one of those. We came up, went to there. And it was like hardcore techno, like in like a warehouse oh setting. My Lord. And I was like, damn, I didn't know this shit really existed. <laughs> I was like, either this or this shit is just fucking with me, but No, it was it was both. It was fucking with you. Cause I've taken ecstasy and I've listened to techno before. Like it was one of those my homies was like, Oh, you're off of ecstasy? Try this out. And he gave it to me in the fucking earbud. And I put that shit in my ear, and next thing I know, like maybe ten seconds in, my eyes start rolling in the back of my head. Oh, my head just started, like, extra nodding. I was like, <laughs> damn, this shit is fucking explosive. Get this out of here. Was <laughs> it was the music. It was crazy. That was the ecstasy. So that's dope as fuck that you got to have that movie experience. Yeah, it was crazy. But, yeah, like, come off of that was no good. That's what, I, I wouldn't do that shit no more just because, like, you don't know what shit's mixed with. Because back then stuff was mixed with stuff. But, like, now who knows what they can mix it with, so... Shit, back then, we was like, man, what can they mix it with right now? These days, everyone's just making pills and buying pill pressers. So, I, I advise people not to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't even fuck with that at all, just because... I don't want to get... Smoke weed every day. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Nate Dogg said. Yeah, exactly. Right, you ain't heard nobody die from For real? a weed overdose shit. Right. I'm saying all my years of smoke, and I have never sat there and had my eyes go in the back of my head and shit. Like... <laughs> No, I've, I've tripped out on like edibles and stuff, but that's about it. Edibles is a different story. Edibles are weird. Why are we talking about drugs now? Anyway, I know that's the music. <laughs> Some of our first what was so it? you came from DJing and with that DJing experience, you actually loved it because you grew from a, a fucking doing it as an experiment for school to actually doing, making it as a job slash hobby. But after they stole your shit, you decided to you decided to be an artist. You learned how to rap on beat, and you decided you love this shit. Right. Where did you go from there with it? Well, um, from there, started making more tracks. We just kept, we actually built the studio in the back of Trip's garage. We went to Home Depot, went and got all the stuff, made an actual booth, and then um, went out and got Pro Tools, got, got everything, got the whole setup. And so, like, we were recording, like, everything. Thursday, pretty much like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just recording, recording. And then from there, we started um, doing shows and stuff. But the I'd say the first track, we it was during like when Jerkin was all popular and stuff. We did a track called Fucking Jerk Bitch, I Get Hyphy. 
And that is dope as fuck. And like <laughs> we did it we did it over at E forty week. And um it's crazy because that on YouTube that song got like so many views and stuff. And then people were out there making uh their own videos to it and stuff. We're like, fuck, if only we own this beat. <laughs> Man, people people don't understand that in 2008, 2007, like, I'm 2009, <laughs> I'm going to say even back to 2000, 2006, those times, it was jerking, no, actually, jerking wasn't even a thing, so I'm going to say 2007, 2008, 2009, because Hyphy beat out Clown Dancing, because it lasted, yeah. Clown Dancing didn't last, Crumping came in, and then Hyphy beat out that. So for him to say that he made this song in the era of battling out Jerkin and fucking Hypey, that's dope as fuck. That was fucking, people don't know, let me, that was YG era. That was Tay of Third era. That was that time, tooted and booted. I skate, I jerk. That was those times. Yeah. So for him to come through and with a track saying, fuck that, I get Hypey, I'm with it. I'm all for it. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that shit was fun because it was... Like I said, each week we were recording Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I came over to Tripp's house and he's like, dude, I got this idea. He goes, it's sick. And he's like, that's when he's like, dude, I'm call it fucking jerk, bitch, I get hyphy. I'm like, and then they got the beat and then he did the hook and I was like, damn, this shit is fire. So yeah, that shit got us a nice little buzz. I'm going to go look that up when I leave here. And I, it was, like I said, I'm like, damn, I wish that was our beat. We even tried to get E40 to check it out, but you know how that works. Yeah. But that's that's dope as fuck that at an early age you learned that you need to learn how to get your own beats. Because even these days, artists don't understand that shit. People think that it's just easy to take a beat, upload that shit, and it's fine. Not knowing that when it's time to monetize off of it, you get nowhere. Exactly. Or even before that too, like we would use SoundClick a lot and get like the free beats and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now they make it almost impossible because every like three or four seconds they say something on there. That's how. That's what we started. Just doing a bunch of sound. But they had to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. Be real, they weren't getting paid for this exact same reason. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm just saying that's how we started out practicing doing like that. But then, that's where we bought a lot of our beats off of SoundClick. So I have a question: Did you ever venture into like singing? Uh, just because you have like you have like a very you know soft like the raspy type of voice. Like, right. did you ever venture into? Honestly, I've never, but I've always like wanted to, just because like damn, that'd be like a double threat right there. And um, I the closest I did the f this last uh, EP I did I did a track dreaming mm -hmm. and that was like the most closest I've gotten to ever like seeing or trying to keep a melody type thing on there, but there's definitely something I want to pursue and see what happens with that. That would be dope. Yeah, I like that you brought up this new track because that that blends into the work ethic that you put into music. That last album that you put in that last work that last body of work. You put your heart and soul into that shit, and you can tell. Yeah. And it even took you to the point of singing. How did that come about? The singing or just the whole project? The whole project. So the whole project, it was, I hadn't done a whole, like, EP or anything for a while. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to buckle down, get this set out, and start doing uh, an actual project. This was, I believe, in, like, 2018 or 2000, yeah, 2018. So I was getting ready to do it. And during that time, I was about to get laid off from a job. So I thought, I'm like, I better go get, my mom's like, you should go get a physical because you're going to be out of insurance. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. But I haven't been for years, so I'm like, fuck it. And I even waited to the last minute. So I'm like, if I just call them like the day before, I know I'm going to lose my insurance, they won't get me in. 
I called. They got me in. <laughs> They're like, keep here tomorrow at 11. I'm like, damn it. So I go, whatever, do go to the doctor, do the blood work and everything. They call me probably like a week later during uh, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm off of work, whatever. I'm on my way home, getting ready to enjoy that three-day weekend. And the doctor calls me and he's like, yo, um, he goes, we, your blood came back. You have uh, a low count of white blood cells. He goes, so you need to go see an oncologist. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? He goes, you could have leukemia. And I was just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like... This was just over the phone? Over the phone. I was driving Like, that's home. how it goes. Just, hey, you need to go ch- get this checked out. Yeah. We think you have cancer. Right yeah. before my three-day holiday, I need to let you know something. Yeah. Like, damn. Well, I knew it was bad. They right kept me like, sir, are you sitting down? Could you make sure you're with some family, something? Like, are you driving? Nothing like the movies. <laughs> Nothing like You could have been, like, on the freeway on your way to work. And they were like, hey, just to let you know, you need to get this checked out. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. That's crazy. And all I knew it was bad anyway. So I'm like, the doctor's calling me. I'm like... The doctor never calls anybody. They usually have their, like, nurses or assistants. So, yeah, so that... So, when he told me... During that time, I didn't have, a, like, a date or anything when I was going to do this EP. But when he told me that, uh, left me unsure. So, I went and did the follow-up, like you said, to go to that oncologist or whatnot. And what year was this? This was 2018. So, then... um, What was it? So, then going into... Actually, I'm sorry, 2019. Because I went to that oncologist for, like, probably, like, two, three months... In November, because they had to keep getting me tested for the the disease they had, the cancer. They're like, usually this, you only see this in old people. So, like, we've never seen it in somebody younger. Mm-hmm. So, I, it was, like, multiple testings, having to uh, go get a bone marrow biopsy and do all that shit. And it was crazy, because the first time I went there, I'm like, I didn't even know what an oncologist was. But you go in the room, and you see all these signs saying, like, uh, talking about, you can beat cancer and all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Like. What am I doing here? So that was a shock at first, too. That was a trip. But she finally diagnosed me in November. And she had told me that she thought she was going to be able to treat me or whatnot. But she goes, just because you're so rare as far as age and everything, I'm going to send you to a specialist where I started going to City of Hope. Mm -hmm. So then I started a new job. So I had to wait for uh, my insurance to kick in. So I started seeing them in January. Then that's when they confirmed it. Like, yeah, you have MDS. And they wanted to start chemo and all that. So that's when I'm like, dang. I'm like, they're trying to put me in the hospital in like five months from now or so. I'm like, I really need to work on this EP and get this done before I get admitted. That's a lot of people that don't know what MDS is because that's a rare one, like you just said. Right. Like, outside of saying chemo, people probably don't know what that that's cancer. Right. What is MDS? MDMS? It stands for mitoplasmia syndrome. Mitosplasia, yeah, mitosplasia syndrome. But it's pretty much, it's, uh, I have, uh, my bone marrow, I have, uh, what are they, can't even think what they're called right now. They're, uh, the, my white blood count sounds pretty low, that's what it really boils down to, but, so, with that, it's, they said it's the cancer you get before you get into leukemia, so. Ooh, thank God they caught it early. So they caught it. Thank God for your mom telling you to go get that shit checked out yeah. before your insurance ran out. Yeah, so, and then their, their thing was, I was. They call them blasts, like the cancer cells that are in your bone marrow. I had like 11. They said it's 15 or more so till you hit leukemia. So they're like, we want to get started on it now. So they did a clinical trial. So I was like a, like a guinea pig type thing. <laughs> and so they did that for like four or five months. And they came back and they said they did another bone marrow biopsy. And for bone marrow biopsy, pretty much is the first two times I got it ever done, they put me to sleep. 
I go to City of Hope and the nurse is like, Damn, they really turned you into a fucking guinea pig and, and they put you to sleep. Well, this, but then I go to City of Hope and uh, the physician, she's like, we're going to do it while you're awake. She goes, it'll be quick and easy. And I was just like, okay. So she's like, we'll give you some stuff to numb you. So you pretty much, you lay down and um, they got a needle. They just put it through your back and they get it into your like actual spine and they pull the blood from there. But that numbing stuff does not numb. Like, I That's felt... Epidural. It sounds worse because they actually went into the bone. I was like, I don't know, you watch... Oh, it goes into the bone in, or it's in like the, between the... No, in the bone. Ooh, heck, yeah, that's way worse. And so, and then the crazy thing is like, the first time before COVID started everything, my mom was there in there. She said, look like the lady was like jumping on my back and stuff to get it in. Because she's like, you're young, your bones are healthy, so it's harder to get get the needle It's harder to break them. Yeah. Okay. So with all of that, did you feel like you were sick before going to the hospital? I didn't feel. I haven't. I felt sick that whole time, and like nothing. Like even afterwards, like it didn't register. Like maybe I feel weird, or now that you're healthier and you already fought through it, does it feel like there's a difference? Nah, I don't. That feel. is so scary. So I suggest to the listeners out there, go get tested. You yeah. never know because you think that you might be at that place. Listeners, your ass needs to get a physical. You haven't had that shit in eight years. Yeah, I'm listening <laughs> Like, prison was the last one to check you out. <laughs> I'm listening the fuck? Too. I'm a listener. I'm listening. <laughs> shit. Yeah. I'll be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It's like I said, I had no symptoms. That's what they would trip on too. They're like, you don't feel tired. You don't get dizzy. You don't get out of breath. I was like, no. Like, I had no symptoms whatsoever. So they told me, like, if I would have just kept it like that, I probably within the next year or so, then I would have started noticing, and like they would have been even worse. Yeah, eleven out of fifteen bullets you had. Man, shout out moms. Yeah, moms know. Yeah. yeah, for real. Like I said, she saved my life, really, because I would have never have gone. Yeah, so you ended up hearing about all of this, and that made you say, "I need to." So you were already working on this project because you said it made you want to push this album out, but at the same time, you came across this single "Dreaming," and it made you sing on it. Right. Let's talk. About so with that one, um, I, originally, to be honest, I wanted a singer on that track. I was looking for a singer, and we had a couple of prospects, but they didn't come through or whatever. And so it was getting short, cut, cutting it close to the deadline, so I'm like, fuck it. Let's just see what we come up with. And um, Trip actually helped me come up with the hook, and he's like, dude, why don't you try um, singing it, like, saying it like this and singing it? He was like, how do you feel about doing that? I was just like, dude, I can't sing. But, um, yeah, we did it. We ended up trying it out. To the viewers that's watching, Trip is in the room. <laughs> Just in case y'all didn't know, he's in here. If we had an extra microphone, we would put him on because his name getting talked about so much in here. Okay. Yeah, I'm and sure, those listening in. I'm sure he has a lot to say. Yeah, so... um. Sorry, you did a little side note, but you want to say that to the microphone clearly now? Nope. I was talking to the, pe- to the people that I see them when I show them. They listen. They can't see him. I guess the people listening to this don't get to know. Come on. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, he was just like, let's try it. So, like, went in the booth and, like, I was, I did it a couple times and, of course, like, nah, do it like this. So, multiple times him showing me and stuff, I went back in there, finally got it and went ahead and uh, recorded it, came out sick and then did the verse. But, yeah, so with that, it was crazy because, like I said, I've never sang before, did anything like that, so... I was I I was nervous though. Just not nervous to do it, nervous more so like, damn, what am I gonna sound like or how's it gonna come out? So Trip is an artist. How come Trip didn't go in there and sing for you? He <laughs> hyped you up to do it. Well, 
Well, because I want he he's a, he doesn't really do music anymore. As far as like actually getting on tracks, he'll make here and there special appearances. But but I wanted it to be me. Like I wanted to see what I could do, how it sounded, and like I said, because I've never done it before, and I've always been curious about like what it sounds like when I sing and stuff. So I have to say that um, that track actually brought out the passion. Yeah. You know the authenticity. So it was good that you did it yourself. Trip did a good job. And you know, not letting you know to do it yourself. Yeah. And then the producer, too, Critical, the beat and everything came out sick with it. And his mixing and mastering and all that came out sick. So I was like, that guy, speaking of that, shout out Critical. That dude's a fucking genius on making beats, producing and all that. Mm-hmm. He, he actually produced that whole EP. That's what's up. Yeah. Is Critical out of um, OC also? Nah, he's out of the IE. That's cool. Shout out to the IE. We're doing this little county tie shit that we're trying to put together where we're bringing all these counties together because people tend to forget that there's great people in other locations also. And they get this hierarchy where they're like, oh, I'm from LA. We're the greatest thing going on. Right. You know, they'd be like, oh, you're from OC. Well, you guys are doing too much. Are you from IE? Not knowing that great people like Hip Boy just came out of IE, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to do this contest where I just get people in the same room together. I'm glad that you just shouted out your producer and he did something great like that. And it was IE and OC together like mm-hmm. that. That's great. Keep on making combinations like that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, too, because for a certain amount of time, I was actually performing a bunch on the IE, like Riverside, Corona, a couple uh San Bernardino and stuff. So That's my thing about you. I see you not scared to get around. Like, you, <laughs> this fan club told you how to just go out of state, huh? Yeah, yeah. You just be taking trips. Yeah. Do you perform um, any of your music when you go to these... These parking lot, what are they called? Oh, tailgates. 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 There you go. Boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, the, the times I've been out there, yeah, I've performed at the tailgates. How does your fan base feel about it, the Vikings club? Yeah, they liked it. That's what's I get, Honestly, I get so much love out there. Shout out to them, too, because they're always showing love, supporting. So it's always a good time. That's another, it like motivates me to keep doing it, too, because they constantly wait for them and stuff. Or they're like, yo, I can't wait to hear you talk shit about this team. Or, <laughs> or they're like, you should say this about that. Or, so, I mean, it's fun to do, too. No, that was the greatest part about being in COVID and just being here stuck on my phone and seeing that, like, before COVID hit, you announce that you have this this cancer going on, and then you start pushing your journey. And it's like, you didn't, you weren't scared about it. You weren't trying to hide it. Like, honestly, you were brave as fuck. Like, you were honest as fuck, and you were truthful as fuck. Like, we got to see you, like, go to the hospital later and go through these things. You actually talked about, like, the after effects of it. But... As a person in the music industry, to see you go through this, I seen work work ethic, mm-hmm. I seen passion, and I seen pride behind all of it. So to see you grow from all of that, drop an album, and then in the midst of COVID, you just sit here dropping all these diss tracks to all these other football <laughs> teams, <laughs> and and everyone's in COVID in the house. So these these fans of these other teams have to sit here and scroll and see this yeah. shit. It was dope as fuck and motivating as fuck. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was funny too because like you notice like when other because I would always like try to hashtag the other teams or I even tag their teams, the other players. So it was cool and like the uh, fans from other teams would see it. They'd either talk shit or they'd be like, oh, that was tight. That's what's up. I like that people would recognize greatness and let you know that it was tight, you know, even though it was at them. Yeah. I think that's just in general too though because like any event that he's been at, you know he comes with a support group and not just like fans not just people that are there like oh in the back of the crowd with the phone like no he comes with a support group 
like people in the front of the stage like personally bringing their kids and shit <laughs> i love that yeah. by the way <laughs> yeah no like i said i'm i'm not uh a, i'm not a fan of his genre hyphy was not my thing i tried to get into hyphy but i just i didn't kick the sink was like the closest thing i could say i liked inside of the hyphy movement outside of that like maybe people had singles but they couldn't drop a great body of work in the hyphy movement according to me that's just me don't y'all can beat me up about it but don't <laughs> take that around the world and run with it <laughs> nah. sorry i so, wasn't gonna but i'm what, gonna bring up how does that come back to his it support? comes back to the fact that but when i heard him i was like he made me want to go out there pop my collar and get a hyphy like he had that sound he had that movement he had that groove and then when he jumped out with that support group and these kids was out there trying to get hyphy with him and then their parents brought the kids was out there trying <laughs> to get hyphy with him i was like oh that's that's what support is it's not about me liking him it's not about him um advertising to me he's advertising to his support group and his support group is fucking with it yeah. and that's all that matters that's what runs in his business that's what people don't understand I hate artists that run with trends mm -hmm. and try to do a genre that they're not a part of because that's what's taking off right now. Right. Authenticity sells, and you can tell it. You know, you can feel it. It's it's there. It's in your bone marrow. When you went up there and you start dropping like you was like you only weighed one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, it was like what the yeah. <laughs> damn. That trips up people so much. Like how the fuck Hell do you yeah. do that? How do you get up from it? Like drop like a bird. I was like, <laughs> that's crazy. Bounce like a bird. That was like I actually have. Mr. Fab on that one from the way out there. That's what's up. And that's the crazy thing. I never really tried to be like, say I'm a hyphy artist or anything like that. It's just, I love party music. Like, I like, don't get me wrong. I like the uh, lyrical stuff and all that. But as far as what I have the most fun making, it's just party music. Like, getting out there, dancing, going wild. Like, just letting, letting loose, really. And we need party music. If you go to the clubs right now, there's nothing but singing music. Yeah. What's the word? What's the genre for it? Um, melodic. Melodic trap. That's what it's called. Melodic trap art. Um, it's that's the new wave, and I'm tired. Of, I, I'm tired of singing people's. I'm tired of singing these rappers' music. Yeah. You feel me? So I, I need some real rap, or I need some party music, and you give that. Yeah. I appreciate that shit. Thank you. Keep yeah. on being you, and keep yeah. on doing it. Keep on delivering. Yeah. No, I used to certain places too, because different areas I perform at and stuff like. Um, I'd get hated on just because, like, I wasn't, like, a lyrical artist out there and stuff. But I'm like, I mean, I'm doing what I like. You do what you like. I'm like, I hate on you. So, like, why hate on me? So that, that I got quite a bit. Not quite a bit, but I noticed that as far as performing and stuff with the uh, certain Bay Area tracks and all that. So just kind of to bring it all together, I want to get, like, a little summary. What is it that you feel had the biggest impact or kind of wraps up your beginnings because so far we just talked about your beginnings and like your roots and how you came up and everything like that so what would you think wraps that up i guess in a message wraps that up i guess it'd be i've always been into music ever since i was a little kid my dad got me into that too and so i guess with the whole music and everything that kept me in it my dad passed away when i was in high school and like that was that was actually two of our biggest things music and the vikings so, like, I just, that's what I did to keep it alive, and that was my passion, too. So, I just kept running with it. I mean, as a kid, my goals were, of course, like, wanting to be in sports and all that, but that didn't work out. So, my uh, my other option was music and stuff. So, I just kept that and haven't stopped, and I don't plan to stop anytime soon. Love that. For real. Like I told you, I feel like you're, you're, uh, 
your walking motivation. A lot of people don't know the work the work that goes behind this shit. And you actually work a nine to five. Right. You know, and on top of working a nine to five, you like you said, you actually created a schedule to be an artist on top of that. These people don't know the difference between creating a schedule to do business as an artist and then just running Amic. They just think I can do it in my quality time and I can do whatever I want to and you guys should respect me because I make music. Right. And it's like it doesn't work like that. We no. respect work because this is a business. And in business, money is generated. So if we don't feel like you can generate money, or we don't feel like you're going to even put in the effort to put in money, bring in money, then we can't really rock with it. So the fact that you sit here continuously doing what you do, I hope that motivates other people to do it too. Yeah. And the fact that you got to track with Mr. FAB, the fact that you're already locked in with someone that has music in these stadiums, I know that's your goal. I believe you can do it too. Thank you. You on the right path. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta keep pushing, like you said. You just gotta keep grinding. You can't take breaks or anything like that. And that's why during during this whole journey, uh, people will be like, "You're going out like during COVID and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Well, fuck. How else is it gonna get done?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a risk, but like, I mean, I'm willing to take this risk just because like this is a goal. This is what I love. Like, it's almost like um." What was it that 50 Cent movie, Get Rich or Die Trying? But not get rich, more like just go, do what I love and die trying. Like, if I went out doing what I love like that, then so be it. But at least I never stopped. So, and then also on top of that, it's like, uh, I would, you, you do think like, neg- not negatively, but you think of like what could happen and stuff. So in my head, I'm like, I want to leave something behind, you know, like, like not a legacy, but just something just that you can keep forever. And so, so that was another part of my thinking process as well. So what what's the name of that project? A uh, big motivation, uh, recover and discover. And where can I be found that? Honestly, um, <laughs> I'm actually proud of your journey. You did great. Thank if you. anybody else don't know, if you wasn't a big motiv- motivation to nobody else, you was a big motivation to me. Thank you. Appreciate. My that. brother actually passed away from cancer at the age of thirty one. Sorry to hear that. So it was like, so to, to see you actually go through it, go through emotions and recover from it, and still go through what you went through like as in putting the effort to still record videos putting the effort to still um give out footage to your people that you know that you're still doing good to put in that effort to actually make these videos to start making these <clears throat> to make these diss tracks towards these other football teams to let your um your support group know that you're still doing good i'm proud of you for that thank you thank you appreciate it and if the listeners that listen right now didn't know this is big mo cool out of orange county he in the building right now, I'm going stupid, going crazy. It's still a big motivation to everybody. If he ain't a motivation to you, I don't know what the fuck you've been going through through your life. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's coming up next for you? So I, next, June 13th, I'm going to be dropping uh, my next video uh, for Big Hit. And then um, I also have another video I did for 210 that's on the EP as well. That was actually featuring uh, Trip. That will be coming out within the next month or so. So I got those. And then I'm going to be uh, starting to work on my second EP. which was, This one was Chapter 1, so I'm going to this one Chapter 2. I haven't come out with the name just yet on a Big Motivation Chapter 2, and then I'll figure that one out. But um, So get back in the studio. Uh, I'm currently working on a single right now, so I just need to book the studio and get that recorded. So I'll have that out. And, but the biggest thing is getting this second EP. I mean, I'm, 
I'm trying to put a deadline on it, but uh, if it happens, it happens. If not, and doesn't. But my goal is sometime in August, because in August was when I got my transplant, and so they say like your transplant is almost like a second birthday. So I would like to push it or do it then and be like like a celebrate type thing for my second birthday. You could say. That's dope. So that that's the that's the goal, but we'll see. I don't want to rush it if it just to do it, because I want it to come out the way I want it. Oh, so August what? 14th. You still a Leo. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> His second birthday is Leo. I say that because I'm a Leo. I'm August 10th. Big Leo's in the building. Yeah, see, I didn't even, I didn't even think to look <laughs> up the sign or anything like that because it just was all weird to me. Like, like the day I had the transplant, the nurses come in with like a cake and they're all singing happy birthday. I'm like, huh? And that, that's when they explain it to me. It's like your second birthday type thing. That's crazy as fuck. How did you come up with the title, Bit Motivation? It was crazy because we were just thinking of different names. What could I call it? What could I? And I was like thinking, what goes with Big Mo? And then I was like, like Big Motivation. And I was with True. We were brainstorming. Like, dude, he goes, write that down. He goes, he goes, keep that shit. He goes, um, we'll we just fuck around with other names and stuff. He goes, but but keep that one. And so like, I don't know. That one just stuck after that. I was like, I like this one. No, that's a dope ass name. When you dropped it and you um told everyone the title, I was like, damn, he did that. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I was just trying so it would explain the what it was about and everything, the journey on it. When do you think you're gonna be able to get back to your next show? Cause I'm ready to put you back on the stage. I'm I've been waiting. Um, I, I mean, I, I've been doing. I thought maybe in oh, a little while longer, but I thought like I've been doing these music videos and the music videos you do take after take after take. So it's kind of like a performance, and like I've been able to do those. So I think I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. He ready. Yes, he ready. So everybody that's listening right now, I'm Big Mo Cool. It don't matter what state you in. He already has a fan base in every state. Yeah. So y'all might as well tap in right now. I personally have seen his fan base come out for him, so I know he has a fan base. Big Mo Cool, make sure y'all tap in ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. ASAP, yeah. And I ain't talking about the Rocky group. Yeah, I'm ready to hit every stage all in the all over the world. That's right. Going forward, what do you think is like your biggest goal right now? What is the, What's next? What do you uh, want to get accomplished? I would, I mean, probably just get on uh, bigger shows and stuff. As far as like, I've seen where they have openings and stuff for big concert venues, like the festivals and stuff. We have Big Mo Cool. It was like, you came from a crazy ass adventure. You came from listening. You started off listening to high theme music and TJ to DJing as a school project from to actually becoming an artist and saying, you know what, I'm going to go with this hyphy movement to building your fan base to not just doing music, working a 9 to 5 and still flying from state to state doing a, as a Minnesota fan. Yeah. And then, boom, you get hit by cancer. Like, that's fucking wild as fuck. And don't even let it slow you down. And that's wild as fuck. That's, that, I was just about to say that. And then it didn't slow you down. Like, you just, you just kept listening a little bit along the way. And, like, you just kept pushing. Like, hey, day one. Hey, day two of my cancer. Hey, this is what I'm doing today. Oh, I'm going to try to, I'm about to drop a track soon. Oh, and before I go to the hospital and do the surgery, I'm going to drop an album. Don't worry. Like, you was just working, yeah, bro. Like my whole, my whole mindset, too, is like, damn, I'm going to be in the hospital for a month. I'm like... I could be promoting that while I'm in there. So. Mm-hmm. But see, that's where I played myself, though, because I didn't expect to get so sick and stuff in there. 
So, like, when I was in there, I didn't feel like doing shit. But other than that, yeah, it just kept motivating. And my biggest thing is, like, um, like there's a lot of people that have it worse than I do. So, like, I shouldn't be complaining. Like, I'm able to still get up. I'm still able to do this and um, and still function properly and all that stuff. Like, so I have nothing to, like, hold me back or really be sad about just because, like, I'm able to fight through this. I'm able to still pursue my goal and everything. And that's what I think a lot of people nowadays, like, they find, like, the littlest excuses or they're always sad about something or they want pity me this, that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, there's so many people in this world that have it worse than you. And they're still, like, like fighting and stuff. Like, I would tell people, like, man, you think your life is so bad? I'm go to, like, uh, the children's cancer ward. That shit will make you humble as hell. Seeing, like, these little kids going through it and, like, they still stay positive and everything. So, yeah, being in there, like, it just changed a lot. But, like, even before that, I said, like, I seen my dad. He was bedridden his whole life from an injury and uh, ended up passing away. And he never, I'd never seen him, like, get down or stop being positive or whatnot. I had a cousin who passed away in his, like, early 30s from ALS. And during that t- that time frame, he never complained or anything else. He, was, he took it as, I even used one of his lines, I'm dreaming. He, he said, these are the cards where I was dealt. He goes, so I'm just going to take it. And so, like, seeing all the, coming from all these fighters and everything, it's like, how can I, like, be lesser? I just, they inspired me. That's not the spot. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> and it's crazy, because, like, now people think, oh, they see, oh, you're doing your videos, you're doing this, like, like, you're all, like, you're 100%, but the truth is, I'm not 100%, like, I still get tired, I can't, there's a lot of things I can do now, like, as far as being out in the sun like I used to, like, it's crazy because, like, they, the radiation took away my sweat glands and stuff. So, like, I don't sweat or anything in the heat. But, like, it's crazy. I can feel my arms and stuff just get hot. Like, I heat up. And that shit will make me sick. So, like, just a bunch of different things I got to, like, figure out and, like, how to, how to work around it or what I can do. or Like, I can't even drink yet either. I'm going through. I have, like, uh, some, some of my liver levels are kind of messed up right now. So, I'm working on fixing that, get that shit back to normal, hopefully. So it's like you know, that, I think a lot of people don't actually think about the background stuff, the kind of like the background toll that that takes. I think just the fact that you were able to process, you were able to kind of like accept, get through, and still kind of keep going and get back to work. And not only that, be trying to not only you weren't one to look for motivation. You yeah. weren't one to sit here and be like, "I need strength, I need support, I need help, I need motivation." You were like. I'm gonna be motivation. Right. I'm gonna be that like support people. Help. I'm I'm gonna be that exact inspiration Big that everybody motivation. needs. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that that yeah. is dope as fuck. Yeah, I mean I like everybody, you have your off times, but like usually it's just like, you know what? It's happening like suck it up, get over it. And even through that journey too, like I ended up catching COVID and then shit you did. Yeah, yeah. I got COVID. And then I ended up back in the hospital because I needed to get my gallbladder removed. Yeah, so, that's a- so I was like I was like, dang, like can't just be smooth now, but, but like I said, there's always road bumps, and that's that's just life. So you just artists. Gotta... I'm tired of hearing your excuses after talking to this man. Bro, he this dude found out he had cancer in the midst of COVID. Still continued to push through it. Still continued to record an album and finish it, the album. Also have a little video out for something. And then recovered in the midst of recovery, catch COVID. And still continue to push for it. Still continue to make music. Still continue to give y'all an image of him. And he's still out here having a better attitude than ninety percent of you. Y'all complain too much. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And if there's anybody on earth that can tell you this, 
This man right here. Yeah. Like I said, you just got to stay. You just got to be grateful. If you're able to wake up in the morning and walk out your door, you really don't have a reason to complain. Because there's people that can't even do that. That part. Yeah. All right, well, this, this episode, you know, we talked about everything that we could talk about as far as being busy in this industry, as far as the work ethic that it takes to be in this industry. I'm proud of you. You put Thank on for you. OC, if you didn't know that. You put on for Minnesota Vikings, if you didn't know that. <laughs> and you put on for Big Mo, and you are a big motivation for others, if you didn't know that. Thank you. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm glad that we was able to finally sit down and have this conversation. Yeah, for real. I've been waiting for over a year. We started this podcast yeah. last year. You were one of the artists that I wanted to interview off top because you have a different style. People need to know who you are. Right. But after you caught that, I really need to let people know who you are because they need to know that you went through some shit. You survived some shit. You survived yeah. some shit. Yeah. And then you still outwork them. And still fighting and never giving up. Where can everybody find you at Big Mo? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Big Mo um, And then my music's on all platforms. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all, YouTube, all over the place. Under Big Mo or Big Mo Koo? On uh, Big Mo. Perfect. Big Mo. B-I-G-M-O-E? Yes. Make sure you tap in. And I'm Stinks, by the way, CEO of Bible Entertainment. This is my great co-host. I'm and yeah, you can find her at Jess L-E-G, J-U-S-T-E-L-I-G. And you can find me at V-T-W-S-N-E-A-K-Z. And we got this bitch.